uh, being a successful creator. Everyone says like, you gotta be consistent with content. You gotta upload every week. Absolutely not. <laughs> when I hired my first employee, it was an entire construction team and I doubled my productivity literally on day one. My merchandise just like randomly exploded one day. Like, like actually exploded, like physically? Yeah. Welcome back to the Blueprint Podcast, where today our mission is for you, our fellow friend, to give you some valuable advice about your creator journey. Um, we are refilming this intro a second time because, as you know, creators make mistakes, and Cedric didn't hit the record button. Classic. Yeah. First time, episode, what is this, episode six? <laughs> episode seven? But today, we're going to talk about mistakes, and our main mission for this podcast is to help you, a fellow creator, on your journey to avoid those mistakes down the road, like not hitting the record button. Classic mistake. Right? You know, I mean, sometimes there's mistakes you can't avoid. It just happens, and you got to learn from them. But if we can help you, you know, avoid some of those obstacles, I think that's the point. That's the purpose of today's show. And I know this is also a new uh podcast we don't have very many episodes out so i know there's a lot of new listeners so i would love for us to just quickly one sec before we get into the juicy stuff we're going to talk about today who are you and who am i well i'm cedric aka sedlom on instagram tiktok youtube all the social medias besides myspace i have 300 plus thousand total followers across all of my platforms i've been doing youtube and content creation in general for almost two years now coming up on your birthday will be the two-year anniversary December oh, thank you for that. You're welcome. The I did fact it. that you started your channel just for me yeah, makes me so happy. But yeah, that's about it. <laughs> so my name's Nathan. I run a YouTube channel called Unspeakable. I've been doing YouTube for 11 years across all the channels. We have like four different channels right now. I want to say we have around 35-ish million subscribers. So I've learned a lot for sure. But definitely check us out so you guys can see our content because I think it's important to not just listen to our advice from this podcast, but also see the content we're posting and see how, you know, like what you can learn from that. Cause I've actually learned a lot of stuff from Cedric, but he's also learned a lot of stuff from me just from watching my videos and just consuming them and understanding them how, you know, how I told a story or whatnot. But what yeah. Have you, what have you learned from me? What have I learned from you? I've learned how to make good short form content. Nice. Dude, I can just watch like five videos and like I, I can just understand it right away. I'm like, oh, okay, he gets the point very quickly. He has cool cuts that allow you to like stay engaged. Sometimes you tease things and then you drag them out and then like, you know. It's crazy because that's kind of the stuff that I learned working here. So it's like yeah. we're just kind of teaching each other. You just kind of repurposed it yeah. and just did it on that's a different cool. platform in a different way. But That's awesome. Yeah, we're going to talk about a couple things today. The first thing I want to bring up is... Something that I think is really interesting. I'm actually in the middle of working on this right now. And what I think it is, is I'm trying to discover what I think is the three most important pillars to create a successful creator or create a successful YouTube channel. And the cool thing about these pillars is they actually all kind of link together. And you have to be really good at all three of them because if you're just good at two it two of them then I don't think you'll be successful. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to share these pillars with you guys. I'm very very confident that these are very strong pillars and I wanted to share them with you for the first time. You've never heard these mm -hmm. either. I'm sure you can probably guess some of them, but um I just want to discuss because I am in the middle for the past 2 weeks I've been brainstorming everything about these pillars and I've just been dumping everything I know about the last 11 years and 5,000 videos of 
making content into these pillars and all of the lessons. I've just been like offloading my brain into documents. I think I have like 40 pages of notes right now. Hmm. I kid you not. It's insane. But I'm trying to like organize them all and categorize everything. And when I look through these, you know, 40 pages of notes, I keep, I see a very clear pattern in these three pillars. Every single thing and all of these notes align with these three pillars and they all connect, which I think is very fascinating. It's like a triangle. It's here. I'll show you. I made a little like, it's like one of these. Oh, Venn diagram. Yeah. Okay. Is that what they call them? Yeah. Okay. It's the first one to hit record. <laughs> so here are the three pillars. All right. So you have the different pillar, the consistent pillar, and the audience pillar. And all of those pillars together lead to the middle, which is attention, which ultimately is a creator's goal is to get attention, right? And attention... It's really loud. I'm sorry. Attention is something that's very powerful um, simply because you can do anything with attention. It can help you accomplish any type of goal that you may want to achieve. If you want to grow a successful YouTube channel, you need attention. If you want to sell a t-shirt, you need attention. If you want to have a successful charity donation organization, you need attention. If you want to sell a book, you need attention, right? Like everything in our life is revolved around attention to have a successful business or, or whatever um, your mission or your goal is. But that's what I designed these three pillars around. So let me let me break them down. I'll do that very simply because I don't want to get too deep into it because I could talk about this for 10 hours. I kid you not. But so the first pillar is different, right? So why? Why be different? Because people really only notice the things that are different when you're similar and you fit in with the crowd. You don't really stand out, right? So, and a lot of creators, when they're starting, they focus on just making videos better than their competitors, when in reality, they should focus on being completely different, and that's how they stand out and grow. And again, all of these things I've experienced myself, so it's not like I'm just speaking on these things. This is actually how I made my YouTube channel go viral, is to be different. The next one is consistent. So, if you think about it, uh, being a successful creator, you have to be consistent. Everyone says like, you got to be consistent with content. You got to upload every week. Well, you, yes, you do have to do that, but you also, you also have to learn from all of your videos because if you're not learning from your videos, then what's like, you're, you, you're not going to improve. Right? So I was reading this book from John Maxwell and he talks about how a lot of people say experience is the best learner, right? But if experience really was the best learner, wouldn't every single old person be successful? Mm, yeah, true. But they're not, right? So it's not just experience that you have to learn from. You have to learn from experience and you have to apply the information that you learned, right? So that's what being consistent means. The third pillar is audience, right? Um, because ultimately your audience is your asset, not like the content you make, right? So I got that one from Alex Hermosi. Shout out to my boy. Um, so because if, if you think about it, like our audience on YouTube, my audience that watches all the unspeakable videos 
is the most important thing. Even though I am directly pouring money, like hundreds of thousands of dollars into the videos themselves, that's not actually what's showing the return. It's the audience that is showing the monetary return because they're watching the videos, they're engaging with the ads, they're buying the merchandise, right? So so it would make sense to focus on the audience, not the actual content. And then when you focus on the audience, you can figure out how to be different and stand out, right? So I, I won't go much further than that, but I'm curious what you think about these pillars. I think the one that sticks out to me the most is consistency. Obviously, like what you said is very true. You could post as much as you want, but you truly do need to improve post after post. And I think yeah. a lot of people... Um, need to understand that especially for short form videos you can pump out short short form videos four times a day and uh you just need to continuously improve them i think a lot of people also get too caught up in short form views uh, tiktok in particular because those videos don't have a long shelf life um, and so if your video gets like four thousand views and you're not satisfied but you post another video that's exactly like it and it's still failing and you're constantly getting upset about it well ask yourself why it's because, you know, there's definitely a reason in there that that video is not succeeding. Yeah. Um, and the other two, I mean, I feel like this is a, it should be common sense for creators, but I think whenever it's laid out in front of you, that's when you start to realize, okay, this is what I'm doing wrong. This is how I need to improve. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing that I think will be helpful. So again, here are the three pillars. You have different, consistent, and audience, right? And I'm still researching a lot about this and I'm trying to pull all the references from my journey of success and see how I applied them to this because I actually have a lot of uh, research on how I stood out from everyone else and how it helped me go viral. And I'm trying to just compile all these things together so it's like one big study. And I think it would be really cool to share once it's done. But one thing that I think is interesting is let me share because I, I think a lot of creators might have two of these things, but they might have the th they might not have the third thing. Mm -hmm. So they might be, let's say you are, and I'm looking at my notes here. So um, let's say you're different and consistent, right? That's great. But you're failing to focus on what the audience truly wants, and that will lead to failure. So you could be different, you could be consistent, but if you're not focusing on the audience, it's going to lead to failure. Now, let's say you're different and you focus on the audience, but you're not consistent. Well, that means you're not going to be disciplined to build that success because ultimately being a successful creator or running a successful business or whatever it is, is going to take years of time. That's just the reality. Like my first video to hit a million views, I uploaded, I believe it was 570 videos before my first video got a million views. Jeez. I think it took three and a half years, right? So, and I was being different and I was focusing on my audience but the only thing that was lacking was just me being consistent. And I was being consistent, but sometimes it just takes time. It takes years to build that kind of thing. A lot of creators quit because they set a goal or they have an expectation. I'm going to get here in three months when in reality what they're doing might take four years. Right. So that's where consistent plays in. Now, let's say you're consistent and you focus on audience, but you're not different. Right. If you're not different, you're failing to stand out from the crowd and you're never going to peek up from the soil and really grow and sprout into this YouTube economy or, or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. um, and sure, like, could you be successful without one of these? 
I think you can, right? But I think the balance between these three things, being different, being consistent, focusing on your audience, is ultimately if you can master those three things, as long as you don't quit, there's absolutely no reason that you can't be successful on YouTube. Absolutely no reason. Definitely. Like, no reason at all. But yeah, that's my spiel. And that's what I've been working on for the past two weeks. I've been working on all the information leading up to it for the past year, actually. Um, I've just been in this session where I just offload everything I know, everything I know about audience, everything I know about this, 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 this. And it's been really cool. Like just seeing like all of my stuff just like laid out on like just your thoughts kind of just being spewed out. Yeah. Your experiences. Yeah. Cause ever since we started this channel, I was like, man, I should really make a bunch of documents on everything I know. Like let's get it all out on paper. Cause it's all just in my head. Right. And man, I did not realize how much was like coming out. I mean, yeah, it's legit probably like 40 or 50 pages of like just straight info on how to grow a successful YouTube channel. And it's all like good stuff too. Are we like, going to see this full pillar study here on this channel? Indeed we might. I'm trying to figure out how to organize it, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's just so much, there's so much info. And I'm also trying to organize it in the perspective of a creator trying to grow. Because some of the knowledge that I'm putting out is on my level, right? So a creator that is may have 100,000 subscribers may, may have trouble understanding it, right? And, and sometimes they might get it. But there's, there's just different levels to the game of being a creator. And there's certain steps you have to take to, to grow. And if I just spew out a ton of information that I'm focused on right now, a creator that has 1,000 subscribers might be very confused, Right. Mm -hmm. It's almost like if I was to go talk to a billionaire, right. And the billionaire was telling me all of his amazing business plans. I would be like, I don't even know what to do with that. Like, I don't have 10,000 employees like you. Like, how am I even supposed to, you know what I mean? Yeah. But instead, if the billionaire was to offload that knowledge, put it in this huge document and then tone it down a little bit to where someone my size could understand it, that would be valuable. And then what are the steps to like grow from there, if that makes sense? I think that's kind of what's special about this weekly podcast too. It's kind of like, that's pretty much what we're doing here. It's yeah. little bits of information kind of dialed down for creators like my size to understand. I yeah. think that's that's pretty pretty nice. Definitely. Um, I want to know the three pillars you mentioned, which do you think is the most valuable um, to be backed up by like a team? Backed up by a team? Yeah. So like which... Which pillar can you focus on the most and like the easiest, most efficiently if you had a team with you? I would probably say being different and the audience one. Yeah. Yeah, because being consistent is more so like, honestly, all three, to be honest, because you could teach your team to be consistent and to learn from every video because that's what we do. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, uh, every Monday, we try to post a video every Saturday and then every Monday, usually all the data comes in and the retention and we will review it with the entire team. We'll break down the whole video. What went wrong? What did we do good? What not? Right? So that would be in the consistent category. We also focus on our audience. So when we plan videos, we question ourselves, how does this align with our audience? Um, is this something our audience wants? Is it something they requested it? Why did they request it? Right? So just diving into that. Mm -hmm. And then we have another pillar of how we can be different and don't get me wrong. We're not always different, right? There's a lot of videos I have on my channel that are very similar to a lot of other creators because it's so difficult to be 
different ultimately because everything on YouTube has already been done before. It's so hard to, to stand out and be different. But if you look at our most famous videos, like I would say probably 80% of them look original because they're so different. I usually, I would take two to three different ideas from other creators and like combine them together. And that's where I'd get some of my ideas. And those videos would just go viral because it, it looked original. It looked brand new. It looked refreshing when in reality it wasn't. I just took a bunch of things from other creators and smashed them together. And it just, you know. Well, that's, at the end of the day, that's just inspiration. Yeah. I think a lot of other creators do that. So it, it's so it, it, it is literally impossible to, to create an original video like and a lot of people might argue with that, but like it's it's been done before. Like I saw this creator the other day um, and I'm not trying to bash him for this. It was a great video. Who's that dude that did the capsule hotel video? Drew does. Yeah. So that guy made a video capsule hotel went viral. and yeah, it went viral and everyone was talking about it. They were like, this is the best thing ever this is so sick why have i not thought about this this is so original blah 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 i looked on youtube i found a video of a travel vlogger that did that exact video two years ago it has like 50 million views yeah two years before he had he did it the point is is like nothing is original right so the different category is a really difficult one but i think ultimately your team can focus on all three you have to focus on all three you really do um I think the consistency one is more of a mind game, more of a psychology game, more of a like, okay, I just got to like push through it. And then the other two, you can really lay those out on paper, like I would say. Yeah. And yeah. just to clarify, you don't need a team right now. Like at your size, probably, no. whoever's watching this, you're probably a smaller creator. You most likely don't need a team of 35 employees. Absolutely not. <laughs> you do not need that. I of a did team right not now. have like more than three employees all the way up to like year eight on YouTube. Wow. I think I hired my first employee when I was like on year four. Oh, wow. Yeah. So for the I first four say, years. Yeah. Were... Maybe, maybe the end of year three, but. So that's what I want to dive into now. So I want to kind of dive into your whole creator career, how long you've been doing it by yourself and then your first employee and then kind of reflect on how much the company has grown. Who? Okay. Um, well, first three years of YouTube, I did around 570 videos. I pretty much edited, produced, you know, did everything for those videos, mm -hmm. thumbnails, titles, video tags, like everything under the sun. That was that was me with my fingers on my computer. Um, and then my first employee, which I think this doesn't have to be every creator's first employee, but was an editor. And the reason I say that is because there's a lot of creators that love to still edit their videos. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I feel like if someone, you got to understand when you hire someone, like they're not instantly going to be better than you right out of the gate, especially since you've already been doing it for so long. Now, if you hire someone from a completely different industry, like if I hired a guy to do software coding, of course he's going to be better than me. I've never done it, right? He could have three months of education and software and he would be better than me. But I've been editing my videos for three years. So I know quite a bit about uh, my style, my editing, what my audience enjoys, right? So 
you're going to spend a lot of time offloading all of that information onto your first employee if it's an editor or whoever that first employee is, right? And then that person is going to have to slowly adapt that style. And they're also going to create their own style too, which I think is really powerful because I've had editors where I will review some of their edits and they will edit things and put things together that I think is so cool that I couldn't even think of because they took everything they learned from me and then they slowly put their own twist on it and it makes it even better than what I could have done, right? And now we've gotten to a point where I don't even remember how to edit a video. I'm not even kidding. We need to do that as a TikTok or something. A I am serious, dude. I used to I used to go so hard on editing. I could take like eight hours of footage and make a sick 12-minute video in one day, like beginning to end, like and upload it the next morning. And I'm just like... You know what would be really I fun? I can't do anything. We bro. should spend... <laughs> we should let everyone in the company take a week off and you have to do everything by yourself and we'll, oh. we'll film it. I think that would be such a fun experiment where it's like, okay, I want to do this video, but I have to order everything. I got to set it up. I got to take the, I got to come up with a thumbnail concept. Yeah. I got to make the thumbnail. Well, I, well, the thing is I used to do literally all of that. So that's what that I'm was saying. me. But the, but the only difference is now our videos are so big. Like we have an entire construction team to help us build things because that's how crazy some of our stuff is. Yeah. Like I would literally have to learn how to build a house and then like rep, you know what I mean? Like, so if, if we were to do that, I'm down, but we'd have to scale down the videos because over time, each year, our videos just get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And we add more team members, more people. And it eventually gets to a point where like, if one person was to set up a whole video beginning to end editing and all, it'd probably take like three or four months, maybe even longer. I think we, we need to try it. That'd be fun. And then we yeah. could get other YouTubers to do the same. <laughs> that would be so much fun. I think that's what a cool experiment. Yeah. I wonder how you would perform, especially doing thumbnails. <sighs> thumbnails are brutal. I think I, I think I think I do well with thumbnails. I've always you, been really good with Photoshop. These days, though, they're going crazy on Photoshop. Yeah, these days. they are doing pretty crazy things. The guy like AI editing the whole face. And like, <laughs> when did you uh, start handing thumbnails off to people? Uh, that was probably about the same time I got an editor. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, because because thumbnail designers like well, same thing with editors. Like my first, you gotta like my first employee was not really an employee; he was just a contractor. So I would just pay him every once in a while. It wasn't like a, oh, we got an office space now. Yeah, it was just like like he didn't even live in the same state as me, and I would just send him footage, and he would edit it. Right. Mm -hmm. Same thing with thumbnails, right? I'm pretty sure my first thumbnail designer was like in Brazil or something, like just some like random country. And, you know, he would communicate to me at like 2 a.m. because that's when he woke up and I'd be like, you know, <laughs> sending him messages back. <laughs> but um, yeah, kind of the same thing. Um, you know, I, I would pay like $15, $20 a thumbnail and I would just send him like the assets, my face, screenshots, whatever I need, you know. The good days. Yeah. Now we're paying like 300 yeah, more than that, probably. Thumbnail artists are making a lot. Yeah. Um, after thumbnail artist and editor, what position did you hire for next? Another editor. Okay, after that. Uh, and what year was that? Did you hire another editor? Do you remember? I think that was like year five. So five years in, you have two editors. Yeah. Um, were they officially signed with you at, then, or is it still contract? It was still like contract, 
contract kind of work. Yeah. Gotcha. So no actual employees under the unspeakable. Yeah. LLC. I think my fir- yeah I think my first three employees were all editors, and then after that it was merch, mm. and then it was James, my first videographer. Wow, James. Yeah. So you, okay, and how big was the merchandise team? Two or two or three people. Two I think. or three people. Yeah. Where are you operating out of uh, when you're doing merchandise? We have so we actually started in my garage. I feel like a lot of YouTubers do this. <laughs> a lot of creators in general, or like business. No, I'm serious. Yeah, I started in my garage. I was uh, I was about four years into YouTube. I was getting a lot of views, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, I should really sell something. And um, like every creator does, I you know did merchandise. So I literally did all of this myself. Like I didn't have anyone helping me, so I reached out to my local screen printing company that was like in my area. I had a meeting with them. I actually had like multiple meetings with them. I actually have, I'll have to bring it by one time, but I have a frame of my first merchandise order. It was like $5,800. I ordered like 500 shirts or 600 shirts. And I have like the the invoice that it came in. And then um, after that, I went to Home Depot, bought a bunch of shelves, bought a bunch of stuff to organize everything. I was shopping. I think I went to Best Buy because I had to get one of those like printing things where it would print and then a a label maker. That's what it is. (laughs) I had to get a label maker. Um, I had to buy an extra computer to hook it up so I could have a little fulfillment station. I literally built it out in my garage. I had my parents. I was still living with my parents at the time. I had my parents move one of their cars out of the garage just so I could, and they were nice enough to let it happen. So, so I could take half of the garage, um, and turn it into a little fulfillment center. And then I would make YouTube videos. And I was also, I was, I think I just graduated school, literally just graduated like a couple months ago. So I had the full day to myself, which was great. Right. Um, so I would make YouTube videos during the day I would edit them, plan them, you know, do all that stuff during the day. Nine, eight or nine o'clock at night, I would fulfill merchandise orders till about midnight. And then wow. uh, USPS would come to my house and pick them up because you could do, um, if you had more, I don't remember what the number was back then, but I think if you had more than like 20 packages, they would stop by your house and just pick them up instead of you like going to the post office hmm. every time. Cause before I had to go to the post office every time. So I would go get lunch. I would have all the merch orders in my passenger seat, drop them off at the post office, then go get lunch, then come back, edit more videos. And yeah. My gosh, dude, you're grinding. Dude, I was like, it was so much fun though, dude. It was such a journey. I have a picture. I'll have to try and find it, but I have a picture of um, my merchandise just like randomly exploded one day. Like, like actually it, exploded, like physically exploded, or like, no, 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 like, no, like oh, sales wise, they sales up. wise okay. <laughs> exploded, right? And I have a picture of me sitting. We'll have to put it on the screen if I'll send it to you guys when you're editing this. But um, so when I first launched merchandise, wasn't a lot of sales, mm-hmm. like nothing. The website was terrible, like it was just bad, right? Like I'm pretty sure half of the people couldn't even load the website because they there was know, no Shopify. Yeah, but like it was just it was just bad. And, um, but anyways, I, I finally started to figure everything out and the merchandise sales exploded. I think I got like a hundred orders in one day, which was crazy. Now keep in mind, I also had like a million subscribers at this time. So it wasn't like I had, you know, I had a lot of people that knew who I was that 
wanted merchandise, but I got a hundred orders in one day. And I remember I took a picture with in sitting in the back of the USP truck, USPS truck, and I filled the whole back of it with packages. Every single package in there was mine. And the lady was like, I remember the USPS lady. She was like, man, what are you doing? You got a whole business operating out of your house or whatever. <laughs> she was like, you know, and I was just like, oh yeah, we just got a big order. Like, yeah, it was, it was funny, but you said you spent 5,800 on designs and getting them printed. That was uh, my first like t-shirt order. Yeah. 5,800 bucks. Do you remember the I profit was, margins? Oh man. Or how um, long it took for you to, to make profit? Oh, I mean, we made profit on every order. Oh, okay. I think it was probably like, I I want to say like 20% maybe. Oh, not bad. 20. It's pretty good. Yeah, for merch. Merch is never high profit. That's why yeah. I don't really like it. It's just like. But merch is also. You're doing so much work for such little money. Like I could just make like five more YouTube videos and make all, yeah. you know. But I think merch is important for your audience. It is. Which is who you should be caring about the whole time, like you said. Yes. Um, because they sure. have like, it's almost like they have a piece of the channel or the piece mm -hmm. of the channel's history and they get to wear it and they get to show it off. And yeah. then that's kind of builds word of mouth. Yeah. No, they love it. It's like going to your favorite, you know, artist. Yeah. At going to a concert, concert and getting some of their merchandise on your way out. I remember when I was a kid, I loved Monster Jam, right? It was like my favorite thing. And I would always beg to get one of the Monster Jam like grave digger shirts, you know? So it's, it's the same thing, right? Like merchandise is definitely important. Will you make more money than your YouTube channel? Probably not. Unless you start a legit clothing brand, like, you know, like Danny Duncan or like a mm -hmm. hundred thieves. Like these guys are not just selling merch. Like they're selling like legit clothing brands, um, that, that are able to grow bigger than their YouTube audience. You know, like I, I I've seen people that wear Danny Duncan shirts and I'll ask them, I'll be like, Oh, you like Danny Duncan? They're like, who's that? Like they just saw the shirt in a store and they thought it was cool. So like, but my merchandise, for example, is really just for my fans. Like, if you saw, like, you probably wouldn't know because it says unspeakable. You're like, what? Well, what does that mean? You know, like most people are confused, right? So, you find yourself going down that rabbit hole, starting a design company at all? Is that something that you're interested in? Not really. I just don't enjoy it that much. Mm -hmm. uh, if I enjoyed clothing and fashion, yeah. If I enjoyed that stuff, I think it would be really fun. You yeah. know, building something like um, like Jim Shark, I think would be mm, sick. Yeah. Like I love for sure. Like those companies are just so cool to me. But it, I don't know; it's just not really my thing. Not really worth right now. Yeah, um, I want to go back to teams. Uh, so the merchandise team; those were the first official people you actually signed on to the business. They weren't contractors. I believe it was an editor. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I like transferred one of our editors from a contractor to an actual gotcha, employee. Gotcha. And yeah. then James, and then mm -hmm. Gabe. Gabe came a little bit later, but yeah. Okay. So we got James, Gabe, and then who who's next and what year is it? Um, oh man, I'm trying to remember. James was what, 2019? Yeah. And then Gabe's I was also 2019. I was March 2019 for merch. Yeah. That's what I remember. I think we hired uh operations next, kind of like a manager position. Mm. Um, because we needed someone to help just manage things. Yeah. And then after that, we started hiring uh, kind of like production assistants to help us clean things. But our production assistants were also kind of like us and like whoever the role was. So like, I remember we hired, like when we hired Jordan, like he would also help clean up. So he was like part videographer, but part 
like PA, like helped clean things, helped set things up. So honestly, like everyone was just like hands on deck. Cause yeah. it's like, it's like, Oh, if you're going to work here, like you got, you got to understand we only have five employees and like everyone's doing everything. Everyone's, you know, brainstorming, everyone's doing this, everyone's doing that. And that's actually still kind of how we operate the company today. Um, of course people have like certain roles that they need to stay aligned with because organization I think is important. But at the end of the day, our mission as a company is to make the best video that we can with the resources that we have. So we like to tie everyone into the creative process. If anyone wants to get involved in editing, we can tie them into that, you know, I think but. brainstorming is probably the most important to have like anybody do. Yeah. I saw some other creators, they do this. They, I think it's every week they get the whole company together. I think Trey Han does this and then I think someone else does this. Um, and they split off into groups, but they pair them up with the most random people that are in the company. So like you have accounting going with an editor <laughs> and they all just brainstorm ideas and then they all just come back together and they pitch their ideas and they just choose like which one's good, which one's like not good. But I think that that's something we should try out. I think that would be a really fun experiment. Yeah. But uh, yeah, having like a bunch of different people, different backgrounds coming up with ideas, I think that's probably the most important. Um, back to teams. I want to know what year was like the big spike? Because I remember we were operating out of the, the old vlog house. There's no furniture in there. It's probably a couple fold out chairs, fold out tables. And there's me, James, Gabe, sometimes Jordan. <laughs> So, and I rem dude, I remember this vividly. James and Gabe are sitting at um, their desks with PCs, and I'm just laying on the floor on a beanbag with a laptop, <laughs> and we're like coming up with ideas in the Google Sheets. All in the same room. All in the same room. It's yeah. getting hot. And then like, I can't remember if it was a year or two later, all of a sudden we have this big office space, and there's like so many more people. Yeah, it grew like super fast. Do you remember when that was and how that came to be? I want to say it was like... I could be totally wrong with the years. I'm not good with dates, but I want to say it was like 2019 or 2020, maybe 2020, 2021 when we really started growing. Yeah. I mean, the company just like was making like so much money and we just weren't spending it on really anything because I didn't really know what to spend it on. Like I wanted to spend it on videos, but I was like, how, like, how do I spend $30,000 on a video. Like I just didn't know how. And when I did want to spend that money on a video, I always wanted to make something. And I was like, Oh God, where do I begin? Like, do I need to hire someone to build this, construct it, design it, engineer it? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So most of the time we were just making the easier videos, which I don't think was the right approach, but like Ultimately, to answer your question, that's what allowed us to scale so fast because we just had so much capital and we were just taking in so much money that it's just like, yeah, we could hire 20 people right now and pay them because that's how much like we're making, which I think is actually like a really good way to grow your team. Like, I mean, I'm not a financial expert by any means because I'm still learning so much about like money and stuff. Yeah. But like I didn't start hiring a lot of people till I was making a ton of money and I could support everyone, right? I'm not going to like stretch myself so thin that it's like, oh, I might not be able to pay this person this month because like I owe them $3,000 and I just made 2800 You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get it. Like it's really hard to grow some of that stuff. But ultimately as a creator, you should be able to create videos 
that you don't really need a lot of help, right? Because mm -hmm. like all of my videos, I did everything. I set it up, I built it, I got creative with it, I edited it, I took the thumbnail, I did the, you know, like I just did everything, the whole nine yards. Um, and yeah, it was easier to make videos profitable because I was also doing gaming videos. And you could say that gaming videos need no monetary investment because you just load up Minecraft and just, here's episode three of survival guys. <laughs> like, you know, there's, there's no investment there, but I think there's a ton of great content. I mean, look at a creator like Emma Chamberlain, right? Just by herself, probably just by yourself going to get coffee, running errands, 6 million views, right? You know how mm -hmm. much money she's made running errands and getting coffee. She's made like 45 grand. Like, <laughs> you know, Jeez. so like, but my point is, is like, um, there's a lot of ideas out there that are very simple, you know, so don't stress yourself out. And, and ultimately money doesn't even make the best video. Like it really doesn't like some of our, literally our most famous videos are our cheapest ones and our most expensive videos are our worst ones. Maybe we should stop spending so much. I try to How just much did because you just spend on trampolines. This is for an upcoming video. Don't talk about it. <laughs> Go ahead. That might be our new, new record for one video. And it's just for trampolines and a rental fee, but like still. And labor. Yeah, I think it's going to be like What's over 200, maybe 250. Oh. Yeah, for one video. That also doesn't include putting the video together and doing all that. I oh mean, all God. in, I think will probably be like 300 plus. Well, hopefully this doesn't turn on like the stadium video. Video needs 50 million views. Okay. That's what I'm hoping for. Okay. I could refresh a couple million <laughs> times. That's about it. But my point is, is like you have to build up to those levels, right? Like you can't start a company and then rent a beautiful office space, but only have two employees. Yeah. Right. Like you got to build, like we had like six or seven employees and we were still working out of my house. Like literally we uh, upstairs was our office downstairs. I lived backyard. We filmed, <laughs> you know, like it was kind of brutal, but it was fun. Like that, that's the other thing is like, um, those are the times you're going to remember the most. I'm interested like, to get your thoughts on this though. Ryan Trahan's team is him and two people. Mm -hmm. How do you think, or why do you think, you know, he doesn't need, he used to have a big team, right? Why do you think he doesn't need a big team anymore? And is still, as successful as he is because his videos are super powerful because he just focuses on telling a good story and i think the things he does he doesn't need to spend a lot of money on i think he should i think he should spend more money on videos because i think it is going to create a better experience for the audience like imagine if he made a really big set and hosted some cool game show like i think he would crush it i think that would do so well for him but also Maybe that's not his style. Right? Yeah. Maybe his, his style is adventuring, storytelling, building emotions, building random characters in his videos and hyping them up and, you know, getting people excited about them when he runs into some random dude at McDonald's when he's traveling across the country with a penny, right? Those things mm -hmm. are exciting, right? Those That's how you tell a good story. Um, and you don't need money to do that. Like, you don't need money to tell a good story. You don't need money to get people emotionally invested into something. I mean, even if you look at like some of the best, highest grossing movies, there's actually some of the cheapest. 
you know, of course you have big movies out there like Transformers and Avatar that cost hundreds and billions of dollars to make. But like there's a good amount of movies in that top 20 chart that they only spent like a million dollars on or two million. Which is not a lot Only. for, a, which is not a lot for a movie. Yeah, that's true. You know, um, but the point is, is money really has nothing. Nothing. I don't think money has anything to do with making a good YouTube video. Does it help? Of course, it helps. But should it prevent you from making good content? Never. That's just an excuse. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, everything kind of boils down to creativity and storytelling. Yeah. Um, final thoughts. I want to get your opinion for any small creator out there i want you to give them in order the top three employees that they should start whenever they're building their team start hiring Ooh. Hmm. so i think number one like you i i think so as well i think the first person you should hire is an editor because you're going to clear up so much time yeah and focus on so many other things while someone else is editing yeah um yeah it all it also depends on what kind of content you make right because you could make YouTube videos. You could make YouTube videos and TikToks and shorts, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to assume you're a creator that makes a little bit of everything. Yeah. You make Instagram posts. You make shorts. You make long-form YouTube videos. You, you do it all, right? So, yeah, the first person I would hire is an editor mm -hmm. because ultimately when you hire an editor, at least when I hired my first employee, it was an editor, and I doubled my productivity literally on day one. Um, it used to take me eight to 12 hours to edit one video. I could usually knock it out in one day. Mm -hmm. Um, when that was taken off my plate, I could film in that amount of time that it took me to edit one video. I could film three other videos, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, just do the math on a one year time horizon. Yeah. Like I just made four times the amount. There's a reason I think in year five of my, journey i uploaded like 870 youtube videos in one year these are all long form videos no shorts these are all videos that are 10 15 20 30 minutes long like you, you know um so yeah number one would be editor mm -hmm. number two would probably be a second editor <laughs> because let's be honest if you're gonna pump out that much content you're probably gonna need a second person and maybe the second editor could be a little more skilled in different things. Maybe your first editor could be a very basic editor. They know how to get it done. But maybe your second editor, maybe they have a little bit more skill. Maybe they could tell a story better. Maybe they're really good at effects. Maybe they're really good at cliffhanging the audience and teasing them, right? So, you know, and maybe maybe you all those could be in one editor ultimately, but... I mean, when you double your editing power, you can double the amount that you can put out. You can you can double the quality of the edits, the quality of the story you're telling. So I would probably do two editors. The third one I would do is I would either pick between a thumbnail designer or someone that can help you uh, creatively write your videos. Mm -hmm. um, the reason I would pick between those two is because... I really enjoyed making my thumbnails. It was something that I actually like loved doing and I was actually really good at it. And usually when I hired a thumbnail, I would go, I think I went through like six thumbnail designers. I couldn't find a single person that was better than me. Eventually I did find someone that was better than me and I obviously hired them. Um, but I just kept doing thumbnails and thumbnails were super easy for me. It, it would take me like 15 minutes to do a thumbnail. 
right? So in an hour, I could do four thumbnails. Boom. There's all my videos for the week, right? So um, I would say thumbnail designer or a creative person because ultimately like, you know, your videos are going to get to a point where, oh man, I need help brainstorming how to make this intro better. Um, I need help um, thinking of this title, but also I need help of, Hey, can you look at the last four videos I posted in the past two weeks? Can you break down an analysis of these four videos, figure out three things I can improve and how we can implement that into the next video I'm recording tomorrow. Right. So mm -hmm. someone could do that. Right. Cause ultimately, like I said earlier in the podcast, the law of like consistency, you don't want to just be consistent with content. You want to learn from it. Right. So maybe you have that person helping you learn and that person is also learning as well. And they're, um, and maybe they're also focusing on your audience a little bit. They're like, Oh, Hey, I think your audience would really like this. You haven't tried this or, Hey, your audience like this in the past. So how can we create a new version of this? Right. Um, so yeah, I would say between creative and a thumbnail person. Gotcha. But yeah, I mean, ultimately it really depends on what kind of content you make, right? Yeah. I only made long form content, so those people made sense to me. If you only make shorts, you probably don't need two editors. Definitely right? not. You probably yeah. just need a lot of creative people and then like someone to help you set up shorts because shorts can sometimes take a long time to set up and make and you know piece together and whatnot. Yeah. And, you know, like we said earlier, you you absolutely don't need a team, but I think it's very, very beneficial. And I think there's no size. Like, I think, like, you can have 2 million subscribers and still be working by yourself. I think it all boils mm -hmm. down to, to personal preference. But, uh, yeah, that's going to wrap up today's episode. Do you have anything you want to say about the pillars again? I'm going to go home and work on them. That's what I'm going to do. All right. Bye. <laughs>